News Talk On Demand. Interruption-free audio, where you want it, when you want it. Good morning, Saskatchewan. I'm Rick Dagovic, and you're listening to Garden Talk. Uh, if you want to join me on the show today, you can give me a call at one 332 8255 That's 1-877-332-8255. And that you can join me by either calling or texting. Uh, it's been a great, this is a great time of the year. <laughs> I always find it. Uh, right now, we're in the prime time of when you're going to see the fall colors. And so if you just get a chance today just to get outside and go for a walk, it's a beautiful day. It's uh, This morning, I woke up, it was above 10 degrees already this morning and the colors in the in in the country and in this in the towns and cities are just at their prime right now um all the ashes are just in their their perfect gold color uh the even the elms are turning their gold color the the uh, the maples are like the amir maples are in their beautiful red color and the saskatoons the cotone asters everything's just turning all their beautiful colors right now so great time to get out there and enjoy the fall time and this is uh, a great fall, so it's uh, just get out there and enjoy that. I had lots of stuff going on this week. Um, this week, I enjoyed getting out uh, to Tree Canada's uh, uh, planting and on National Plant a Tree Day. Uh, this week, out at Diefenbaker Park, so I was joined by a lot of volunteers. We planted a few hundred plants out there, and we probably only took us about a half an hour to do. There were so many volunteers, enjoyed my time with uh, planting with David Curtin and Aaron Berger. Uh, they were out there with me helping some plant some trees as well, and um, and so it was a great time to do that. And uh, we just, it was just a great time to put those plants in there. We planted some pines, we planted some poplars, we planted some Saskatoons, and, and all kinds of some Siberian larches. And just in an area where um, uh, there was a... Uh, out to, out in Deep Baker Park where there was a baseball diamond and it just needed some shelter and this was a great place to go and plant it. So uh, we had a great time doing that and then I spent on Friday out in Humboldt, Saskatchewan. Great town, um, just enjoyed out there with some volunteers from the from uh, from the local community there, and also from the Saskatchewan Landscape and Nursery Trades Association, um, th- we were able to plant uh, in the um, Humboldt Urban Garden Century, or Hugs for short, and that's all a memorial garden for um, uh, the Humboldt Broncos uh, young lads there that um, that died in that that crash out there, uh, the bus crash. So we had a great time planting a lot of plants and and getting a lot of irrigation done there. And uh, so that was a good time to spend a lot of time with some people from from that community and from from um, from landscapers that joined together from from all over the um, all over the province, like uh, Cornell Design and Landscape, uh, Leslie from Moose Jaw, Wilco um, Landscape, Arborcrest Landscape bunch of people from the Farm Credit Corp. There were some local volunteers out there too, so we had a, a great time together. Spent the day Friday planting a whole whack of plants there and so to make the, that whole garden just really come alive. So uh, we've got lots of phone calls on waiting here and find my mouse. Here we go. And we have um, Paul from Saskatoon. Good morning, Paul. Hey, morning, Rick. Um, I got a couple of sea buckthorn uh, plants that aren't doing as well as the rest of the group. Um, can I move them, or and when is it best to move them? Yeah, you can move them in the fall or the spring. So the fall is just right as soon as the leaves start to drop or turn color. Okay, okay. you can move them. Or otherwise, first thing in the spring and. Um, 
and that would be as soon as the frost out of the ground is the best time before the buds start coming out. Okay. Now, one thing you got to remember about sea buckthorns, they do like a more of a drier spot. So if yep. you have a spot that's wet, more, more stays wet all the time, whether the, you know, the, the water from the grass always runs to that spot or downspouts, that's where they'll have a problem and they won't like that at all. Yeah, and I'm, I'm seeing that where, where they're in the sand, I'm in the sandy yep. soil. Yep. Uh, the ones in the sand are doing fantastic, and the other ones are a little bit further away where it's damper, wetter, it holds yep. better. Yeah, they're not doing so well. Yep. So, they, yeah. they, they're, they're more of a native plant. They just like to be out there where they have to really strive to survive. Yeah. Oh, well, thank you so much for your time. <laughs> You're welcome. And we have uh, Keith from Regina. Good morning, Keith. Morning. Good morning. Your question. Uh, we have planted garlic outside in our flower beds and got some somewhat some success, but uh, we built an above-ground garden bed and wondering if we could put garlic in the garden beds and or pots. Yeah, just in pots, it's not going to work, okay, for sure. In the garden beds, how large are they? Uh, they're six feet by... Six feet long by three feet wide and three feet off the ground and about 16 inches of dirt. Okay, so what you'll need to do is you'll need to plant them more in the center. If you want to plant them at the edge, uh, if they're three feet high, the best thing to do is to dig up the edges of at the edge of the inside of the edge of the beds and put some some styrofoam on the inside to insulate the the um, uh, the the beds or otherwise you can actually attach it to the outside and take it off again in the spring okay yeah yeah uh, okay but it, and don't nothing on the bottom so you get the heat sink coming from the ground and right. but just to protect the sides especially if you're putting those bulbs closer to the edge uh, they will get too much frost and they won't make it yeah okay sounds good okay yeah great thank you're, you you're welcome all right so we also have here on from, uh, we have Linda from Candle Lake. She has a test. What's the best time to transplant hostas? Uh, the best time to transplant hostas is you can do it right now if you wish. Um, uh, right now until ground frees up, just make sure for the first winter, just mulch them heavy. That's very important so that they, because they won't have the root system established again. Or otherwise, uh, my favorite time to do it, actually is best time to do it is, is first thing in the spring again. Um, just like that fellow with the sea buckthorns is just make sure that you do it right after the fr frost is out of the ground and before the buds start coming out of the ground. That's actually a better time to do it. We also have here, um, um, Rosanna from Estevan, I have a peace lily and a friend would like to cl a clipping off of it. Uh, can you take another plant and how can I do it? So a peace lily, a um, little bit tougher because you're not going to be able to, a lot of times they'll put a little baby out the side, okay? And then you can take one of those little babies and you can, you can, you can also, um, you can transplant it into another pot and then you can give it to your friend. But just taking a, a clipping off of it, it's not going to work as well. It'll have to go by the, you know, by taking a piece of root with the plant. Uh, that'll be the best way to do that. So, um, so good luck with that. And yeah, also now we have here, uh, we have, um, Julian from Melville. Good morning about garlic in pots. Good morning. Good morning, Julian. Hello. Good morning. Good morning, Rick. Good morning. Uh, you were just telling the guy about raised flower boxes. Yes. Oh, turn the sound up so I can hear him. Um, raised garden boxes. We've got raised ones, and I raised garlic this spring in it. Yep. 
but I'm looking at putting them in putting them in my own in pots. But then I got bigger old two gallon or three gallon pots that we got trees in, and then put it in the garage for the winter to cut down the frost damage if I can help. If that'll help. Yeah, if, if you have they need a little bit cold spell, they'll do better. So if you want, you can plant them in the ground and in I mean put them in your gar in your garage. But it's best if your garage is around below plus five degrees. Okay, so from yeah, oh yeah, it's it's not it's not insulated or heated, so okay. it's you know. As long as it doesn't go below minus minus ten, okay? Okay. If it goes below minus ten in your garage, you won't make it. So the best thing to do is for those pots is just take that pot, otherwise, just take that whole pot and put it into yep. the ground, okay? Planted pot yep. and all right into the ground and then next spring pop them out. Okay? Oh, okay. Okay. And just put yeah, some, can... throw some mulch over top of it and uh, some leaves or something yeah, like that. Perfect. But just e- the simplest way, you don't have to worry about watering them or anything like that, just pop the whole pot and everything right into the ground. Okay, um, I was thinking in a garage to wrap them with insulation and that, yeah, that would help no, too. Not, not enough, not enough. Not enough, okay. okay. Well, I'll do that. i got to re- recondition my garden boxes this winter this fall so I can drop the pots right in there. I want to kind of make it a little more unitized and then in the summer have them growing in the pots and that. Yep, perfect. potatoes that way and I'm, my chives have taken over so i gotta, <laughs> I got to tune them in real good. Well, it's good they're to, going in a pot also. Good to do that in a pot. It works perfect. Well, thanks for calling. Okay. Thanks. Have a great Bye. day. Well, I'm Rick Van Dabdeck, and you're listening to Garden Talk on 650 CKOM and 980 CJME. Good morning. I'm Rick Van Dabdeck, and you're listening to Garden Talk. If you want to join us, you can give us a call at one 332 8255 That's one 877 Three three two eight two five five, and you can do that either by phoning or by texting. Uh, we got a bunch of calls on the line, so we're going to get right to it here. So, Lorraine from PA, you have a question. Good morning, Lorraine. Yes, good morning, Rick. Um, I have a question about. Um, uh, I have a four foot shop light. Yes. And will that work as a grow light? Uh, it's um, it's, it's um, is it a fresh LED? Okay. One thing you have to do is the LED, you have to make sure that there is LED grow lights, okay, and they have basically full spectrum. Some of them just have a soft light, and that helps, but if you mm-hmm. want it to really get growing, you have to pick up an LED grow light, okay, which has oh. more of all the different spectrums of light, okay? Oh, and, I see. And that's important, too, but, I mean, this that that light will help a lot. You've got to remember that with a light in the, in the wintertime, you want, if you want to really get something growing, you need to have it on for 12 hours during the, you know, at a time, okay? Uh-huh. And, and then that will... It says it's uh, 4,500 um, lumens. Yep. Yeah, I know it'll help a lot, especially if you don't have anything else there. It makes a huge difference, okay? Uh-huh. Uh, just remember that your grow lights need to be, you know, if they're way up in the ceiling, they're not going to help as much. They have to be lower down to the plant. Okay, right. that's going to yeah. be important. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I was just wondering about that. Is uh, if that would be the same? Yeah. A bulb that would work. And if you want, you can add some other. There's other types of grow lights you can you can buy, like you know, like little incandescent ones that are actually full spectrum as well. You can add that on top of your other lights you have right now. Your fluorescence, your um, LEDs. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right then. Perfect. Um, you answered my question. Thank uh, you, and have a good day. You too. Thank you. Uh, we also now have uh, Shirley in Regina. Good morning, Shirley. Good morning. <coughs> I have uh, Vanilla Sky Hydrangea. <coughs> it's potted. I got it for Mother's Day. Okay. And it's now turning pink. Yes. 
Is this one that could be potted out in the garden? I, I've never heard of vanilla sky, but there is, it, it may be, there's, there's a whole bunch of them out there, like strawberry vanilla and strawberry shortcake, and there's a whole bunch of different ones, right? <laughs> I've never heard of vanilla sky, but if you want to try it, what you want to do is you want to, you can, you can either put it in your garage and just keep it dormant, you know, in your garage, depending on how cold your garage is, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, especially if your garage doesn't go below minus 10, you can put it in there and store it in there if it's in a pot. Or if you want, you can plant it into the garden, but then you have to mulch it really heavy, okay? So put lots of peat moss or bark mulch or leaves or something like that all around it, and then it'll have a better chance of making it. Okay, because it's, well, it was a creamy color. It turned green, and now it's turning pink. Now it's turning pink, yeah. It's, 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 there's a lot of new varieties, but Vanilla Sky, I haven't heard of that actual variety. Oh, um, okay. But, but if it's, it sounds like it's in that same, uh, by the name of it, it sounds like in the same series. Uh, but so then they're uh, zone three, zone four. Okay. And mm-hmm. if that's the case, then they'll, they'll, we'll make it just need to mulch it for the wintertime because sometimes we don't get snow until, you know, quite into yeah. November, December, right? Right. And that's what hurts them the most mm-hmm. is when we get, you know, really cold, especially below minus 15 and we get some really cold temperatures. So just make sure you mulch it really heavy mm-hmm. and uh, then you can take that mulch off in, in the end of April or beginning of May next, uh, next spring. Thank you. And what do you do for black flies? These little black flies that you find in the house. All those little fungus gnats, basically? Uh, I had it written down, and I can't find it. Yeah, they're fungus gnats. The best way to do that is there's two ways. is um, uh, Use the sticky traps, right? You catch the adults. Uh, you can use those ones. You can do little ones you can stick into the pot, or there's bigger ones you can put out. Or otherwise, the best way to catch the little, little maggots in the pot is you put a slice of potato, okay? Oh. Put, a, put a sliced potato on the soil. Let it sit there for a day or two. Pick it up, have a little spoon ready, pick up all the little guys that are crawling around and dump them in the garbage as well, and then put another slice of potato. After about two or three times, you'll, have, you'll, have, you'll get rid of them all. And there's nothing to do with vinegar and, wa- and some water or something? Uh, that, it may work to dehydrate them, but it's, uh, the, the potato works the best, honestly. It really works really good. Because I, I, I don't know where they're coming from. They're, they're, like I had fresh fruit sitting on the counter to ripen, and I see them, where I see them is around the sink and, and around where my fresh fruit, and when well, I bring my tomatoes then, in. Then you might have fruit flies. Then just put a piece, then just put a, a, a glass with some, uh, some water and in, in it, and then, uh, and then put a little bit of vinegar on top of the water, and then put a piece of cellophane over top of the glass and poke some little holes in them, and you'll catch your fruit flies really quickly. Oh, I think that's what they are. It's fruit flies. Yeah. Do the do the cup of water with the vinegar on top and cellophane and holes, and you'll catch them right away. Okay. okay. Uh, how much vinegar? Just a little bit. Just, that you don't need will, much. No, don't, don't need much. It'll it'll attract them real quick. Oh, and okay. Want, and they'll put, just go in through that. Yep. Yeah, and if you want, you can put a little drop of soap in there, and that'll get them to stick to the water real good, and that'll even work even better. Oh, thank you so much. Okay. And I've got a tip for you. I was going to phone earlier, but I've, I've been having health problems, and okay. I never got it done. Okay. The people with the potato bug problems, yes. <clears throat> if they put flax, plant flax in between, say, about every three potatoes, yes. and then on the next row, stagger them, you won't have a potato bug. So flax plants. The flax oh. repels them. I've never heard that before. That's, that's and a good it one. works. It it works just fantastic. 
Well, I'm sure there's going to be lots of people trying that next year. So that's awesome. Thank you for that. that. But it is. It, it's, it's just fantastic. Yeah, well, there's lots of flax around Saskatchewan. So you yeah, well, you only that. need about two or three. And if you've got too many, you can always pull them out. Yep. You know, and about every three plants, and then the next row you stagger them. And it just keeps them. It just keeps them. It's just wonderful. Well, thank you very much for that. That's awesome. Oh, and thank you for your help. Yeah, you have a great day. You too. Bye-bye. Uh, we have Faye in Saskatoon. You have a question about a, comp- a composter. Hi, Rick. We have a composter that we don't use as a composter, but what we do is empty our plant pots into it in the fall after we've taken all the plants out. Yep. And then the next year we just take some of that and add new soil and use it for the pots. And this year when we took it out, it was full of ants. Yes. And we didn't do anything about it, so consequently all of my container plants are full of ants. Okay. Should I try to get rid of them before I empty the soil into it this year? Yeah, you can. And the best way to get rid of ants is either put diatomaceous earth on top of the pots, okay, if you want, or otherwise in the composter, if you want, you can put some what's called ant, ant, um, ant out, or yeah, it's called ant out or ant be gone, and it's a nematode, okay? So it's ant, ant begone nematode, and you sprinkle those, you spray, spray those, or put them in a watering can, and you water your 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 um, uh, your compost pile with that, and then that those little nematodes will go down to the nest, and they'll start taking out all the all the eggs, and it works perfect. Okay, it's a it's an organic biological way of doing it, and it works really well. Is that the best way? That's really, the, the, other than using diatomaceous earth, uh, which is gets the adults, but the nematodes go after the nest. Okay, and it's called ant out? Ant, it's called ant, but it's nematodes. You want to get the nematode one, okay? Uh, okay. There's a whole bunch of them out there, but you want to get the, it's, it's a little round ball, okay? That's important. A little okay. round ball, and then you got to mix with water, and then you put it into a watering can, and you just mix it in water, and you put, pour it around your compost, and that will eventually I'll take out that whole nest. So I have about 30 pots I'll be emptying in there. Yep. Do I have to layer this stuff or just nope, put nope. it on top put after it on top. I put it in? Put it on top, water water your compost well, okay, so it has to be moist, and then put the nematodes on top of there and it'll take care of that nest. Okay, thanks okay. so much. You're welcome. Bye-bye. We have here, I got a, an e- uh, a text here um, from Karen in Saskatoon. We have garlic chives in the 8-inch pot outside. How should we winter it? 8-inch uh, pot outside, the uh, best way to do is take that pot and bury it into the garden somewhere, a shrub bed, whatever you can, and bury it into the garden, and then um, you can um, just bring it back up next year. That's probably the better way to do it. Uh, bring it inside. Um, you just have to take care of it. You can put it into a garage or something like that where it's, uh, the temperature's around, you know, minus, no, no, no colder than minus 10 and no warmer than plus 5, and then you can do it that way. So you can check that out. So I'm Rick Van Davendijk, and you're listening to Garden Talk on 650 CKOM and 980 CJME. Good Sunday morning. It's a beautiful fall Sunday morning. And if you want to join me here on Garden Talk, you can give me a call at 1-877-332-8255, or you can do the same number, 1-877-332-8255, in a text as well. And so we're going to get right to the the callers here. We've had... um, Lionie from PA, you've been waiting for a long time. Thank you for waiting. Your question. Okay, I'm concerned mainly about my hydrangea shrubs. <clears throat> I want to know 
how much should I be watering them right now? It's very dry out here. We haven't had a rain for a while. And also, like, when I should cut them back. Okay, that's that's a great question because that's actually a, a, a question that I was going to bring forward if no one did today. So it was about when to water all your trees and shrubs. The best thing to do is never go on a schedule, okay? best thing to do is, just like, if you ever listen to the show, I always talk about a 3 8 piece of rebar. It's basically that ribbed bar, steel bar that they use for reinforcing concrete. Mm-hmm. It has ribs on it, and so when you poke it in the, go- in the ground for a, sp- for a shrub 12 inches into the ground, and you bring it up, it'll bring a sample up with it, okay? Okay. If the soil is moist, just leave it. Don't do anything. If, it's, if it comes up really dry, give it a shot of water, okay? Very important. And then what you want to do is then this, if it's moist, just leave it. Don't water it all until about the middle of October. Then give it one last really good watering. And that's with all your, your whether your shrubs or your, your evergreens, you know, your spruce trees or your, your, your regular trees like uh, uh, lindens or elms or anything like that. Uh, middle of October, one last really good watering. So just probe the soil. If it's moist, it's fine. It's better than to stay wet because right now, because if you make your plant too wet, it's not going to make it shut down in time, okay? Okay, and, not, and that's regardless of what kind of weather we have in October? Exactly, and that's why you want to check for it because I went and watered some of my plants the other day because we had some pretty warm weather, right? Yep. It wasn't last week we had a, almost a 30-degree weather, right? So, uh, And so some of these plants are losing their leaves. They're turning yellow, so they're not going to transpire and not going to take moisture up, but some of them are still leaves are pretty green yet, and they're, so they're going to take up a lot of moisture yet okay yeah. so and like your your hosta is probably no, green my hydrangea or hydrangea is probably green but just starting to turn color now right your leaves um yeah no they're still pretty green yeah, so, and they've like the flower itself has gone through two or three shades of um, different colors um and one i did come right off i have one at candle lake where the deer ate it last year yep and it came back nicer than any other. Well, they love to be they love to be trimmed. Okay, so okay. what I like doing for the winter time with with hydrangeas is that I like to just cut the old flower head off. Okay. And then, um, so right now, I, I, I've been trimming a bunch of the hydrangeas and bringing them inside and putting them in a, in a vase, right? And enjoy them indoors as right. well. And so um, um, make sure you trim the tops off because then you don't, with those big heads, the, when snow comes, it'll sometimes weight them down quite a bit and actually break the branches, okay? Right. So and I, you take, do you leave a fair amount of stem? I just only take, I just take the blossom off, that's all. Okay. okay? And if I'm going to put in a vase, enough stem to put in the vase, obviously. Yeah. But otherwise, then I'll do my pruning in the spring. Uh, to, to at least 50% okay, of the plant okay. uh, because uh, that way all those branches will catch snow and actually protect the plant better. Okay. Okay? All right. Thank you. You're welcome. All right. Bye. Okay. We have here, um, let's go right to um, Ken in Wakota. Good morning, Ken. Yeah, Rick. Hi. It's Wawota, uh, Southeast Saskatchewan. Southeast Saskatchewan. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. We're 125 miles southwest, southeast of Regina. Okay, there you go. Yeah. Uh, wondering about potatoes, Rick. We've got the, I guess I didn't hill them high enough. Yep. We've got potatoes pushing out and they turn green. Yes. Are those potatoes okay to use? You can, but you have to cut the green part off. Okay. You can't okay. eat the green part. So there's part of the, that was in the ground. So you just have to trim all the green off, and you can use the rest of the potato. Okay. Yeah. But you cannot all eat. Right. The, but you cannot then, eat the green part. I know it's uh, from the sunlight they yes. turn green, eh? But yep. what about when you dig them up? Is it important to get them out of the sunlight or the daylight yes, right away? Absolutely. 
put them in the dark. Don't 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 leave them in the sunlight. And uh, some people, uh, if you're going to let them dry first, like I let let my potatoes sit out in some paper and let them dry first, and uh-huh. then rather than rubbing off the like if the soil is moist, if you rub them off, sometimes you'll bruise the the skin, right? Yeah. And so I like to let them dry first, and then I can just rub the the dry soil off a lot easier. Okay. So, but put, do that and not in the sunlight is most important. Do that okay, in the dark, dark like spot. in the porch or something is okay. Yeah, perfect. Yeah. Okay, Rick. Okay. You're doing a good job there, man. Thanks Thank you for your show. Thanks very much. Right. Okay, we have here um we have here this is Dan from Saskatoon. Good morning, Dan. Good morning. Good morning. You have a question about evergreens. Uh yes. Um I two two quick questions. Yep. Last week Rick mentioned that we should water, do our last watering mid-October or yes. later. Yep. Does that, our first question is, does that apply to evergreens as well as other trees? All plants. Okay. All plants. All plants, and especially evergreens because they keep their needles all winter long, right? Right. And so now you want to basically do like i was talking before probe the soil and see with the moisture level okay yeah. uh and then if they're moist don't give them any more water okay right now but then give them one last really good soak about the middle of october so you might have to take you might have your water shut off so you might have to actually take some pails out there or a watering tank or whatever you have okay right but only one watering or, yep. or maybe several yep. no just one good watering as long as it's a deep watering it's perfect that's all it needs okay and my second question is um Oh, these are new cedars and, and junipers. Yes. And uh, about seven of them have eastern and, and southern exposure, and I'm worried about them burning in the winter. Yeah, the junipers should be fine. They'll be like are the upright junipers or flat junipers? Uh, upright, uh, okay, upright. They're about four feet tall. Yep. So the junipers should be fine. They're pretty tough, but the cedars, if you want, depending on the variety, okay, what I suggest is just put some stakes around, uh, around in the soil, if they're just right. little plants, and then uh, you can put it in now before the ground freezes. And then once you get into November, then you can put a piece of burlap around. And the reason why I put it stakes in, so I keep in the burlap either away from the, away from the plant so the snow can fall in around the plant, okay? Right. All I'm truly trying to keep is the sun off of it. Now, if it's a bigger cedar and you're going to actually wrap the cedar by itself around the cedar, you've got to start six inches off the ground, which is very important because that's why I was telling you I leave the top open with the, with the stakes with a little plant. But a right. bigger plant, I want to leave it six inches off the ground so the snow can cover the ground. Otherwise, the frost goes through the burlap and into the ground and freezes the roots, okay? Yeah. So that's important that the snow gets right up to the trunk of the plant uh, by leaving the burlap off the ground a little bit. Oh, thank you. And just just one quick quick more. If if uh, cedars are not very much exposed to the sun yep. uh, in the winter, do we have to worry about nope. the don't, burlap? Don't, don't have to worry about the burlap. The burlap. The, the worst time that the, the, that the that the cedars get uh, hurt from the sun is in March. Okay, it's not right. the, it's not protecting from the cold. It's protecting from the sun. And as when we get right. the, when we get a yeah. chinook, let's say we get a chinook in February, that's also bad for them. Okay. Yeah. And so it's it's you're just really trying to protect them. So if you got a spot where there's no sun, you're not going to have a problem. Great. Okay. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Appreciate it. You're welcome. Okay, we're going to go back over to the text line right now. I says I have whatever's. Uh, what will work to kill whatever's eaten my beautiful hostas? Well, number one thing that that eats hostas is the slugs. And I heard lots of people had slug problems. Even though it was really dry, uh, they still went after their, their, their hostas. So you have to use a slug bait. 
Uh, that's the best thing to use, or and put it underneath a piece of wood, if you can, a little piece, a little strip of plywood, or a little piece of two by four, whatever. Uh, they love to go underneath there, and you put your you put your uh, slug bait on uh, there. Otherwise, you go at nighttime. Is another way of organic way of doing it. Go at nighttime with a with a flashlight and a little pail and, and some gloves, and you go and you pick them and uh, you throw them away that way. So we're gonna. This is the end of this segment here. We're gonna take a quick break. So I'm Rick Van Davendyke. You're listening to Garden Talk on 650 CQM and 980 CJME. Good morning. I'm Rick Van Davendyke, and you're listening to Garden Talk here here on uh, CQM and CJME. Uh, I'm not going to even give the phone number out right now because we have a full slate of callers and texts in, so I'm just going to get right into it here. And so let's start off here with Tyler from Weyburn. Good morning, Tyler. Good morning. I have a uh, bunch of spruce trees on my property. Yes. I noticed this year's been tough year on them. A lot of the needles have been turning red. I've sprayed them with ambush, and it seems to work okay. I was just wondering... What is it, and is there better products out there that I could spray them with? Maybe Doctor Doom or yeah, there, something. There's two things. That, there's two things that you're having a problem with right now, and it's right not just your place; it's right across Saskatchewan. Okay. Yeah. And that's number one. It was it was is the is the stress from the heat we had this summer. Okay. Yeah. And number two, number thing is with that you got you have spider mite. Okay. Yeah. That, that's because it's mainly from the inside bottom, bottom inside up and out. That's where you have the most problem. Okay. okay. And so spider mite, and the best way to get rid of spider mite, ambush kind of works, but works better is malathion, okay? Okay. And also, we, because we, they've been so stressed, uh, we've been having issues with needle cast and some other fungals, okay? So okay. also use a product called copper spray or Bordeaux. Okay. And, and I would spray that right now once, okay, with, especially with the, with, the, with the weather's been really warm. It's a powder you mix with water. Spray it once yeah. now, and then you spray it again three times next June, Okay. Okay. And, and you do it 14 days apart, okay? And okay. do and the same thing with malathion. I'd hit them once now, and then next June, hit them there again, 14 days apart, hit it three times, and then okay. you'll watch. You'll see huge, huge, and then fertilize next spring. Start fertilizing every three weeks with 30, 10, 10. Yeah. Or if you've got a whole bunch of spruce trees, I would just use, uh, in mo- most parts of Saskatchewan, I would use that groundskeeper lawn fertilizer because it has sulfur in it. And, okay. uh, and then you can sprinkle that around the plants, about two to three cups around each tree, if it's a bigger tree. And that'll help bring them that green back so you don't see all that brown again. Okay, so this copper spray, was that like a copper sulfate spray? That's correct. Okay, and that can be bought downtown, like at home hardware type thing? Yep. Or do you have it, to it, get that from no, you can buy it. terminal? It's, in, in the stores, it's called Bordeaux. Bordeaux, okay. Okay. Yep. okay. okay, great. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Okay, we're going to go right here to uh, Judith in Fort Capel. Good morning, Judith. Hi, Rick. Uh, I have last, not this past spring, but the one before, I bought grapes to try in my property in yep. Fort Capel. I bought a Valiant, and I was told I needed another or different one, so I bought a, what was available was a Manitoba native. Okay, perfect. I got some nice grapes off the Valiant, but nothing off yeah. the Manitoba native. The Manitoba native is more of a, a pollinator, okay? You're not going to get a whole lot of fruit off ah. of it. Okay, okay, because the problem with Manitoba natives is that they have both fem- some have fe- a female and some have male plants. It's the only grape that has 
One plant will have female, and I, you can't tell the difference, okay? okay? So that's why you got to plant a whole bunch of Manitoba natives to get the females. So you just have a pollinator, okay? Oh, so if you okay. want another plant, then keep that pollinator there because it's great to get more grapes on the other ones. But plant right. a plant a betta, you know, or or a blue bird, or you know, there's a whole bunch of different varieties you can put out there. But your Did native you grape, your native grape is mainly a pollinator. Okay, I see. Um, we still haven't had a frost here. <laughs> it's amazing to me. Um, so nothing's really dying down very much, and that valiant, well, neither grape is dying down very much. I understand from online I need to cut those grapes back. Nope, you don't need to. For If you just planted them this year, you, you, uh, can, you can leave them. No, uh, previous spring. Previous spring, you can cut them back a third if you want. And I, okay. you, you can do that this fall once the leaves fall off, okay? Or you can do okay. it early in in beginning of very first week of April next year. Ah, okay. Okay. Because they they um, fruit on the new growth. Is yep, that well, fruit correct? on the new growth. That's why I want to cut them back a third so promote more branching. And, and oh. get more 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 fruit that way. Okay. Okay. Thanks a lot. You're welcome. Very much. Have a great day. Bye now. Okay, we're going to go right to uh, Lori in Clayton. Is that correct? No, it's actually Ceylon. Ceylon. There you go. <laughs> How are you doing today? Anyhow, my question is about uh, carrots that yes. have gone to seed. I mean, I've been growing gardens for you know fifty fifty way plus years. Yep. And uh, over these number of years, I have occasionally had a, a carrot that has gone to seed. But this year, uh, I think there's probably about eight or more of them out there, and they're huge. And I'm trying to figure out why is this happening, and uh, can I save the seeds? Yeah, you can save the seeds. Normally, it happens when you leave your carrots in for the second year, okay? I know they'll go that. To, they'll go to seed, <laughs> right? And so I, you have something that is probably because of the, the way the summer was. We had a very stressful heat summer. Yeah. And you probably had some plants that decided, you know what? I need to reproduce myself because I'm in trouble, okay? And so that's an un- unusual thing to see it first year from seed, going to, going to seed right away, because usually it's the second year right. that they'll go to seed. So you just have an unusual thing that happened, and I think it's just because of the stress we had of this summer, how hot it was. Yeah, I can't hardly believe it. And some of them have, like, white uh, seed heads, and, and some of them have, you know, very green, green, green yep. ones. And I'm trying to figure out, like, is there a better one to choose for seed? Yeah, or I would just try them all. Okay. <laughs> more like your, probably your white ones are more ready and your green ones probably aren't quite ready yet, okay? Okay. But otherwise, give them a try. Yeah, awesome. That's perfect. <laughs> it's kind of strange, I said, when you've got so many of them. I mean, I, you know, when the first one came, I thought, well, that's fine. But, yeah, it's, it's just gone crazy okay. out there. Okay. Well, you have a great day. Yeah, you as well. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay, one last caller here. We have to do it really quick here. A question about reclaiming a rose bush. Good morning, Joe. Hi, Rick. Yes, I've got a, it's quite a mature rose bush. It, it looks like it's been around for a long yep. time. It's about, oh, a good three to four feet high yep. and at least that wide. Lots of canes coming out of the ground, new growth as well. I want to relocate it yep. and, and uh, give it a, a real good trimming. So my question is, should I wait till it becomes dormant to yes. do both? Yeah, do wait till dormant or otherwise the best thing to do is wait till the 15th of April. Okay, oh, that's okay. actually a better time. It is, okay. Yes. Okay. Yeah, uh, and how aggressive can I be? In, trim, it, in, trim it at least in half. In, in half? Yep, absolutely. 
Okay, and even uh, sort of from the from the base, if I don't want as large a yep, plant. Just take some of the side branches off and then take yep. at least half off the top. Great. Okay. Okay. Thanks very much. You're welcome. Well, that was a, a very busy uh, garden talk, so thank you for joining us. This is, brings up wraps up another uh, edition of this week's Garden Talk. I'm Rick Van Dabnek, and you're listening to Garden Talk on 650 CQM and 980 CJME.